Hi, you're listening to Ember Island Airwaves. I'm Soren Howe, and I'm here with Josh Rosenfield, and we're going to discuss um, the latest episode of The Legend of Korra, which is called Remembrances, uh, which I think is a great and deeply ironic title uh, for this episode in like a thousand <laughs> different ways, so woohoo! Um not the least of which it calls back to the um to the way Nick's treated Cora throughout its uh well if throughout its entire existence but spe- uh, specifically season 3 and season 4 um in a, like a thousand different ways so uh but if before we get into that why don't we talk about uh let's let's okay so it's a it's a clip episode let's just get that out of the way it's a clip episode uh and that uh has its pros and cons um, we saw a great clip episode in season three of The Last Airbender, uh, where it wasn't exactly a clip episode, it was more of a, like, a recap, um, where they had the Ember Island yeah, players. This, this podcast's which... namesake, that episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, of course, we quite like that episode, and also, um, makes this a little disappointing, <laughs> as you might imagine, but that, that featured all new animation, fun spins on what we'd already seen for three seasons, uh, really, really really funny stuff i mean the humor was just top notch there and uh and also it played on the way fans saw things it played on uh origins of characters like they have Toph as like this big burly man um because in the original concept art that's how they were gonna do Toph. she was gonna be this big like muscly man type character uh and they went a completely different direction but then they did that in ember island players and it was just very clever um but so the reason for this you wanna you wanna take this Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like you said, we both really like Ember Island players. It's it's a great episode. It's I think I think it's the ideal of this mm. kind of episode, and that it's it, I mean it's not a clip show, obviously, but it recaps the series, and it also it allows us to it, that episode's a lot about perception for me because it's about. In, oh, in yeah. a lot of really cool ways. It's about the way that fans perceive the characters. It's about the ways that the characters perceive themselves and the way their reactions mm-hmm. to the play is, you know, contingent on the things they're offended by or angered by are based on how they see themselves. Um, right. And how, of course, how the Fire Nation sees these events, which isn't something we we get to see that in season three more than any other season, but a lot in that episode. And, um, like, one of my one of my favorite very subtle jokes is that um, the Toph character, the way that she sees is not that not with her feet, but that she that she screams <laughs> at everything, and I love yeah. that you you the way you would you have to imagine this the way that that idea came about in the Fire mm-hmm. Nation is that every time you know Toph was around with with the gang, she was I guess probably screaming a lot, and and that's that's where they got that idea, and then there's a lot of stuff like that in that episode, and. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, we could, or or at the very least, it was just that you know they're like, well, she she's blind, so how could she possibly hear? She must be a bat. <laughs> I mean, know? yeah, like, yeah, that's that's the train of thought. It's just like a rumor, you know, the the old telephone game. Yeah. Um. So we could. I mean, I wish we could just talk about that episode because it's because it's good. And Brown players, but yeah, yeah, it's great. And you know what's also great about it is, and I think this serves the same function, or it's intended intended to, is it's supposed to be like the episode to give everyone a break before it gets really intense because Sozin's Comet was just ridiculously intense, uh, four episodes. So I think 
I don't think it's a mistake that, uh, you know, Nick and the creators and everyone have said it gets pretty difficult after this and, and uh, intense. But, so, I mean, um, Ember Island, if you think about the episodes that preceded Ember Island players, they were all extremely intense. And uh, the episodes, like we've... They were, but it was sort of like a brief respite because we'd been getting so much intense. You know, we had the Puppet Master and all these crazy Exactly, yeah, and we haven't been getting... Um, my, my point is we haven't been getting anything like that in this season of Korra. So it seems even more out of place. We've No, we've had... No, I would say we've had like four or five... I mean, okay, so uh, Reunion was... We discussed that already, but that was... Not a lot happened there, but we've had a lot of really intense... I would argue very intense. I mean, Korra still, despite having changed uh, in a lot of great ways, uh, is still getting her butt handed to her. She's still got all this stuff to deal with, and it looks like, you know, she's at the bottom of the barrel at the moment. And I think that that's... You know, I, I was just talking to somebody the other day who said... Uh, who's a who's a big fan of the show, and and he said, you know, it seems like the creators really just like making Chorus suffer. Like no matter what she does, she just suffers internal interminably. Like just never catches a break. And I was I hadn't really thought about it, but I, I the reason is I could see the reasoning behind all that. She's always getting uh, caught or or uh, or chastised for her brashness in the earlier seasons, and then. Now she's getting the reason she lost to Kavira, for example, is that she uh, she still has her own demons to deal with. It's not necessarily brashness, but it's she's got other stuff to deal with. So there's always been a reason for it. But just as a whole, it seems like she's always got the short end of the stick, which is kind of uh, true. And 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 so if there's any like moment for levity, I think this would be the point because it's about to get much more serious, or at least that's that's the impression I got. Uh, but and you might want to. We should probably talk about what Brian Knizko posted because. I don't know if they would have done a light episode at this point, but certainly they were forced to. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah. that, that's an interesting question to ask, because on the one hand, well, okay, we'll just to clarify, if, if you're listening and you haven't, you're not aware of this, um, what, what, and yeah, exactly, what, what Brian Konitsko said, basically, was that in the midst of making season four, Nick uh, cut the show's budget. And that it was the equivalent of about an episode. So they had the choice of either uh, fire a whole bunch of people or f- do a filler episode that didn't cost any money to work on. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I admire them. That's, that's the right choice. That's a good thing that they did. But it's really hard to... It's hard to talk about it because of that. And on the other hand, would, you know, if you ask, would they have done this episode? It's interesting that we've talked about how the, this this season feels very much like they're uh, spreading uh, very little material over over a lot of space and mm-hmm. it's weird that well i guess we'll see where it, where it goes after this because i don't know like in the mm-hmm. development of the season where this came about but you know because of this we now know that their plan for the season was cut by an episode so they actually presumably had to shorten actually fit even more you know story right into the remaining episodes. So, and maybe that's just, we're just going to see that in the, in the next couple that's possible. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if not, it's makes the whole pacing of the season even weirder. It does. It does. Although, you know, I don't, what's funny is I don't feel like this episode throws off the pacing because if anyone ever rewatches the season, they'll just skip this episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think 98% of people have probably have no interest in watching this necessarily. Um, it's just so funny because this episode is 
you wanted to reflect on Avatar The Last Airbender. I, you know, there's a lot about the original, uh, the first and second season of Korra that I just don't want to remember at all. So, like I said, there's a little, there's an irony to that, but it's also the other irony is that you know I I feel badly for Studio Mir, uh, for uh, the the voice cast and the the post people and the marketing of whoever is involved in, um, you know, in in the team around Brian Knizko and Mike DiMartino because, uh, you know, Nick has just been appalling. I, they really are the worst, <laughs> <laughs> um, just the worst, and uh, it's. It's 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 and it's tragic. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. They, you know, and I, we, we, so you had mentioned to me in, in private that this was confirmation of how, what you were feeling about this season. I don't think that's the case. But what I do think is that um, it is confirmation for what Nick feels about this show. They made a commitment, uh, I think, at the beginning of season two that they wanted two more seasons. And then, I don't know, somebody new came in or maybe they just decided the numbers weren't there and they were like, you know what? We hate this. And so decided, post-making a contract with these people, that they were going to cut budgets, they were going to severely limit uh, what uh, the creators and the and the authors and the directors and everybody could do. And uh, and we were told uh, when they took Cora off the air that there was, you know, Brian Konitsko and Mike DiMartino have tried to, you know, put a mask over that and say, well, you know, you know we're not going to... We were surprised. We didn't think that was going to happen, but... You know, we're working with what we got. They were just, they tried to be diplomatic about it. Um, but it's clear that Nick hates this property. They hate everything about it. They hate what, they hate that it's mature. They hate they couldn't make money off of it. They hate that it's not SpongeBob or Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, they hate that it doesn't feature teen stars. But here's stars. the thing, here's the weird the thing, because I'm, I'm usually uh, reticent to agree with that kind of line of reasoning about a TV show, because, and I'm not going to disagree with you on this instance, but mm-hmm. normally with a TV show, like this is, um, you know, this and to a lesser extent Firefly are exceptions to this rule but normally when you're a fan of a TV show and you say oh the network doesn't even care about this show it's usually not true if the show is still on the air because the Mm -hmm. network if they really hate a show they have nothing to lose by pulling it off the air and just canceling it now the thing is that's literally what's happened with Korra and Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to say that it's hard to say that they hate the show. I would. It's weird because you say they can't make money off it. I was reading a post, I don't remember where, um, about someone who looked to find like uh, an action figure for their kid or something, and they went to the mm. merchandising of, of the Cora section of Nick's website, and there are just like mouse pads. That's the only Cora thing that you can buy. Like They're not even trying mm-hmm. to sell any merchandise. You know, the... Uh, the DVD releases have been really weird. The score release, they have, we have, I don't think there's even been one since season one. Yeah. Uh, there's these, you know, art books, I think, uh, that aren't really advertised. And it's it's just, the treatment of the show is very, very strange. And I, it's it's not in character for any network, I don't think. If you think about, like, the treatment of Firefly, and that it, it wasn't entirely Fox's fault, because, you know, baseball, if you look at it from their perspective, you know, Firefly was always bumped for uh, baseball, and it was aired out of order, and it was just, I don't think they really got the show. I think that was really the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think they understood what Firefly was. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, whatever. I like what we got of that show. But, um, <laughs> that you know, it's okay. 
I'm refraining from I know. commenting because you know I know I I'm, we definitely could. <laughs> um, the, I mean, it's, I'm not saying they treated Firefly well. Can I can I just say that there's a there's a delicious uh, here's irony again delicious irony to that. Uh, my favorite animated show of all time is now facing the same fate as my favorite live action <laughs> show of all time. It's like I can't catch a break. If I like something, the network will inevitably decide it's just not worth their time. So, and you know the great the, the, what's what's awful about uh, Firefly is that. Um, they didn't market they did terrible marketing they none, none of it made any sense the the way they even just like the way they labeled characters like you know the they would label each of the crew with some crazy uh little epithet that didn't match the character at all uh you know in the promotional yeah. materials before the movie uh, before the show came out you'd be like what are you talking that's not how that character is but you know fox just decided that's what the characters were and um so they did weird things like that and so and then you know years later it be, you know it grew and grew and grew into this huge cult following and uh now they're never going to relinquish the rights because they make a bundle <laughs> off of licensing out to dark horse licensing out to um merchandise people to quantum mechanics. Yeah, they don't even have uh, to yeah, pay mechanics. money to make anything. They do nothing. They don't do anything anymore. Everyone else does it, and then they collect the profit on it. It's great. So people are like, oh, they're going to get the right... No, they're not going to get the rights back because they, they're making a bundle, and they're doing nothing for it. They're just like, yes, you can use Firefly, and then as long as you pay us. And and so why, why would they bother? Um, so, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, this is, this is a similar situation where... Um, you know, I could see in a couple of years Nick, you know, holding on to the rights just so they can make money off of the the merchandise. But there isn't even merchandise right now, and that's what I'm I'm thinking this will, you know, continue to gain popularity post the show. And uh, maybe they'll come back and, and, uh, and start releasing merchan- merchandise. And, you know, I, I, I get the impression that Fox kicks themselves now knowing how much people like it, how much merchandise is made. Uh, you know, those books sell out immediately from Dark Horse, etc., uh, and uh, I think that's going to be a similar case with this, but I, I don't know. It's a uh, well, here's the weird. If we if we look at the history of this property with um, mm-hmm. with Nick, I mean, with Nick, the last the last Airbender was a successful show. I think. I mean, they kept mm-hmm. it on for a while. They the scheduling of that show as well was weird, and they kind of shuffled it off in bits and pieces. Uh, Although, mm-hmm. from what I remember, when I was watching Nickelodeon, when that show was on, they advertised the hell out of that show. They were constantly, oh, yeah. you know, they had little events. Before it ever came on. I mean, yeah, exactly. They, I remember every time there was, like, a major event episode, they would do, like, mm-hmm. they would advertise it as a big event, and they wouldn't say, like, a new episode. There would be, like, this two or three episodes back-to-back, and it would be, like, oh, it was, like, the Day of Lexon, or, yeah, Sun, the, li- yeah. the yeah. library, or stuff like that. Or Siege of the North. Yeah, Siege yeah, of yeah. the North. Um, they did that a lot, and, you know, I think we've talked about this before, like, the last couple episodes of the show were just, you know, back to back to back through a week, every day a week, mm-hmm. yeah, on a week, which was, I remember being awesome, because uh, I think yeah. it was, like, my birthday that week, too, so that was really cool. Um, but, and then, you know, what, what happens after that with the property? Nickelodeon makes the, the live-action film, and... I, wonder I if think it might it. be because I, that's sour I don't it. think that obviously I don't think they care that uh, it didn't get good reviews. Like I don't think they you know they care, but I don't think it was the big money maker that they either expected it to be or wanted it to be or needed it to be because I think that they had this impression and I don't think it was an unfair impression that the show had an enormous fan base that would come out to this movie um, because they're used to you know children's shows and you know children's fan children are not terribly discerning with uh, with what they 
choose to spend their parents' money on. In, especially, mm-hmm. you know, so if you're a fan of um, The Penguins of Madagascar, you're just going to go see that movie if you're, you know, eight, because <laughs> you don't care whether it's good or bad. It's going to be good because you like the penguins. Uh, but the Avatar fan base was... And the problem, really, is that Avatar is such a different show that it, it, the people who would become fans of it are not those people, even the, the younger kids. So that movie was terrible, and people mm-hmm. didn't rush out to see it just because it was an Avatar thing. And I think maybe that was, you know, a real kind of uh, kick, kick in the stomach well, to think, Nickelodeon. Well, no, I think it's a, it's a simple question of, uh, in, within a fandom, there's going to be the, like, diehard is going to go no matter what, you know, people, for example. I mean, hey, I saw it in... Anybody who went, anybody who went to the that midnight was me. premiere yeah, I did. of... Um, <laughs> right, right, but anybody who went to the midnight premiere of, of uh, Attack of the Clones, knowing that Phantom Menace was absolute garbage, <laughs> that's the demographic we're talking about. And so... Uh, it, you know, that kind of, um, cause you have a lot of people went to the Phantom Menace, you know, premiere because they love Star Wars and what's there not to go, you know, for, but, uh, but after that, knowing that, you know, so, and so what they did is they had these midnight screenings. You went to it, you know, a bunch of people went to it. I didn't, um, you knew better, saw yeah. the film recently. <laughs> well, no, I just, I was, I was put off by the design of like Appa and a couple of yeah. characters and I was like, you know what, let's <laughs> see. And the, ca- and the casting, I was like, eh, um, so, uh, and then as soon as they they went to go see it and told the rest of the little bit more casual fans, little casual fans were going to waste their time. And so you you immediately have you like had a sample of the fandom come and see it, and once they saw it and knew what it was, they told everyone else. And so whatever wave of fandom they thought they were going to get, as soon as they everyone realized it was crap, no one saw yeah, it. And I mean the other thing is that it's not like this was a. And this is where we're going to get to Korra. It's not like the movie was a sequel movie to the show. So if you're a fan, you just have to... You're going to see it because you want to know what, right. what's going to happen to the characters. Or like a side exactly, story. Exactly, yeah. It's not, it's not yeah, new. Yeah. If you're a fan, you mm-hmm. have no immediate attachment to this film just because it's new and different and it's in this world. It's exactly the same sure, thing yeah. that you've seen, but it's just not animated. And if it's not good, then of course you're not going to care about it. You're not going to mm-hmm. care enough to like, you know go see it, for instance. Uh, mm. And that, again, that leads into Korra. So we have a sequel series, and for a variety of reasons that we're, we'll talk about in a sec, I guess, it, not a lot of people watch it. Now, it doesn't get good ratings, I should say. Uh, Nielsen ratings. Mm-hmm. It's not that people don't watch it in, in other ways. Well, I don't think, does it have any Nielsen ratings anymore? I mean, not anymore, it's not yeah. not on TV. Um, right. Though apparently they air it on Nicktoons now, the newer episodes, so who knows. Uh, yeah, really? like in reruns, but not like regularly, but occasionally just those episodes will be on, huh. I guess. Okay, so like things passed when they stopped yeah, airing? Yeah, uh, from what I understand. So just oh, like, yeah, just throwing okay. them on there for no reason whatsoever, I guess. But um, sometimes I really wonder. I don't know, them. I don't know. <laughs> um, but so, you know, Cora didn't, never performed very well by the metrics that a TV show is supposed to perform well, and we've talked about those reasons at length, why why Korra did mm-hmm. not get good Nielsen ratings, and I think that Nick made a generally, you know, I don't think it was a great thing to do for the sake of the show, but I think it was a smart decision to to put it online, because that's where most people were watching it anyway, like we've talked about, like, the, I think the general... Well, the question was never should you put it online. Obviously, I, mean, I was all for that. I think a lot of people were all for that. The thing is, they were showing season three without putting it online. 
so no one could catch up no one could follow it unless they had dvr and they were following which a lot of people do but most people weren't able to follow it on tv and a lot of people do watch it online anyway but they decided to post season two which benefited from the both air and internet combo they decided let's not let's not put anything online for some reason uh, that's unbeknownst to every single person who was following the show uh let's just show it on tv and not let anybody catch up or figure out what's going on because it's a very like dramatized serial so and so it was just a it was such a weird thing to do to to not do what you did before that worked why would you not do that well, again? well i think what it comes down to um the most educated guess we can make and uh, it, exactly yeah, it, yeah. it comes from the reaction to I don't remember what podcast this was on, but the creators, uh, uh, Brian Kanetsko and Mike DiMartino, they were talking about... It was it was after the episode Long Live the Queen, and they were talking about how fans thought that Nickelodeon pulled the show because it was that it was so dark and violent and they didn't want to put it on kids' TV, and they kind of laughed off mm-hmm. that idea, and they said, no, no, Nickelodeon doesn't give a shit Honor. what's in our show. They don't care. Mm-hmm. And from that, I genuinely got the impression that they're not lying. I don't think Nickelodeon is even like aware of of what's going on with the Legend of Korra, so they can act kind of cavalier about it because like it's not making them any money, and it's. I don't think that. Bec- I think because of the Last Airbender movie, they are a lot less confident that this this fan base will go out and buy a lot of extraneous merchandise. But clearly they had to have some sort of impetus for it because they thought they thought post Last Airbender, which by the way I looked it up, it made um less than its cost in the US, but worldwide it made double that, so it made it ended up making about double its hmm. production. Which so well not bad, through three hundred million. Um and probably has made a lot from D V D sales and things like that since. Um Yeah, well, well I mean who knows. You, it, okay. I have encountered people who genuinely love that movie, or their kids love it. So I don't, you know, I don't even know what to say to that. But whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, but clearly, they they thought there was something worth putting up. Maybe it was just fan service to do a quick Cora miniseries, and then clearly they thought it was popular enough to warrant a second season. And then that was, and then uh, at that point they decided to do three uh, seasons three and season four. So there was some positive reinforcement too that led to them giving the show well, more I mean, of a shot. You're... I think we think and I we don't think about it was. in these terms of it of four seasons, but we, we what we have to remember is that the way it was ordered, like the way that Nickelodeon ordered it, is that in the concept initially was a miniseries, but when they ordered season two, quote unquote, what they were really doing is extending season one. Ordering exactly, the back half yeah, and we one. it yeah, split yeah. up into two books, but you know, seasons three and four are technically one season, and if you look at you know adding them up it's more equivalent to the length of a single season of the last airbender so even though there's a one more oh, book of, yeah, yeah. of the legend of korra it's actually one fewer season than the last airbender got so i think nickelodeon <laughs> ordered you know a second season and it's because it's taken you know it's a, over such a long period of time it feels like there's been a lot of opportunities for uh, for the for nick to um change their mind about the show or something or but from nick's point of view you know they've barely done anything with the show but that means at best they canceled they they gave a new set of rules to the staff midway through second season and said you were cutting your budget after they've already signed a contract and 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 and, uh, ordered this new book 
or this new season, if you want to call it all in one season. So, like, I don't know. It's something about it doesn't smell right. I to really, me. I really genuinely think that Nickelodeon just this is at the bottom of their priority list because it's not, you know, it's not like you said, it's not SpongeBob, it's not Fairly Odd Parents, it's not whatever else they're airing right now, and we. Yeah, but eth- I mean, just even just ethically, how can you just cut someone's budget? Well, I mean, like that, that happened. I, it's like it, it bothers me. I, like I a mean, moral I agree. With I mean, it, I know, like, I it, I'm sure it happens all the time. <laughs> I'm sure it happens all the time, oh, and we just sure. don't really hear about it because, um, for a variety of reasons. But I think the creators of this show have a tighter personal relationship to the fans because they aren't they aren't usually speaking through Nickelodeon, which a lot of showrunners right. kind of do. It's kind of, if they're talking to their fans, they're they're doing it in a press release, but because, like I said, I don't think Nickelodeon cares enough to even do something like that. They can just talk on Tumblr about what's going on with the show, and mm. yeah, I just I just don't think Nickelodeon cares. And because it's a cable network, and because it's a very specialized cable network, it's hard to compare it to, even though that's what we've been doing, it's hard to compare it to the actions of a network like NBC, um, or, Fox or Fox, or, or something or, yeah. like that. Well, you know, but the thing is with, you know, they're specialized, but in what? Not cartoons. Well, kids, kids they have shows, two cartoons. I guess. Oh, okay. and as yeah, opposed to something like, and most cable show networks are specialized in some, some form or another. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, you know, what I wonder, though, is that, you know, if they don't feel like it's a valuable property, if they feel like it's toxic, maybe they don't like the creators. The creators certainly don't like them. Uh, and that they can say they don't as much as they want, but I think we know. Uh, I, I get the impression that... Uh, you know, are they going to shuck off the rights to someone else, or are they just going to hold on to it? They don't, they're not capitalizing Well, that's the thing. I don't think they even care enough to start to shop the rights around to other studios or or whatever. Like, I think if... But I could see, like, the creators being like, we'll take the rights and, you know, go to another... Because the problem is the creators can't go anywhere else. They can't, like, take their... They They didn't sign up for this and then, you know, and say, like, well, as long as Avatar remains our intellectual property... They gave it to Nick, as most showrunners tend to do. Uh, That's what happened with SpongeBob, which is why three seasons are great, and then it just fell off the grid because uh, the creator of that show was like, all right, I'm done after three seasons, and they're like, sorry, SpongeBob is making money, so we're going to keep making episodes. And he was like, all right. (laughs) Um, And so that's what happens, but I think... But that continued to make money. There's a lot of merchandise. It's a a cash cow, for sure. Uh, But Avatar's not, so I don't know why they might you know, hold on to the rights so tightly. I can see why Fox is holding on to Firefly. Well, I think I the reason they would... Unless, hold... Avatar, unless they re, re-up their, like, merchandise, you know, outlook and plan, I don't know why they well, would... Well, here's keep... the reason I think they wouldn't sell. And I think that, you know, the, the constant cry from every television fan base when, when a show is in trouble or has been canceled is like, why don't <laughs> they just sell the rights to Netflix and let Netflix do it or sell the rights to some other network? And I don't have a one-size-fits-all answer for that. But, um... With a show like this, I think Nickelodeon, when the show has been so much not a money maker, I can very much see them like, oh, look, we're gonna, we're only gonna take a, a high bid for this property because we haven't made enough, nearly enough money on it, nearly the money that we expected to, so we're not just gonna sell it for a little bit and, you know, have this be a negative. A net negative. I mean, I don't know, but at the same time, I think that, you know, this is a totally separate thing, but I think it's a similar idea. You know, the reason that there are talks, rumors, rumors of talks between, like, Marvel and Sony over Spider-Man is that Spider-Man, the reason those rumors exist is because Spider-Man has been underperforming. And so they're like, well, maybe 
Sony is because Sony was like, we're not going to do anything until we've run out of ideas. We're not doing any crossovers. Uh, and but they, according to many people, I, not me, I actually quite like the Amazing Spider-Man films, but some people or most people seem to hate them. Uh, so if they but if they truly and, and in terms of box office, that's that's been the case. So they're like, well, you know, maybe they have run out of ideas. Maybe they've realized that they don't, you know, they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they were freaking talking about a, a doing an Aunt May film. I mean that was a that was a rumor going around. I was like, if if that's serious, if you're serious, you've really run out of ideas. Uh, so um, so I, I think the precedent is there for when things are failing, they tend to give it back or or you know let the rights revert if that's the case. If it's with like Sony, I hear the rights don't won't revert to anyone, but I can't see them being averse to say Netflix taking it because Netflix has already had set that precedent with uh, Clone Wars. You know they they took it over from Cartoon Network. Well, I mean, the other problem is that there is no more of this show. The show That's is true. over. So I think that something like Netflix isn't going to buy it and say they're not going to buy it because they're not going to produce any more episodes. They would, if they were to buy it, it would be because it would be just to put the series mm-hmm. on Netflix. But I think Nickelodeon has a deal with Amazon Prime. Well, I don't think so because Avatar because... is on there, isn't it? No, Avatar: The Last Airbender is on Amazon Prime. All of Nickelodeon's shows right, are on right, Amazon but I think Prime. Avatar, is it not on Netflix? Because it is on Netflix Canada. No. It, it, I think it used to be on Netflix uh, US, but it's not okay. anymore. I know it's on Netflix Canada because I was just in Canada and I was able to watch it there. But I guess I guess in Amazon, <laughs> I guess they must have it with Amazon here. Um, but for a long time it was on Netflix. And Netflix likes to pick things up that are doing well on there as streamer. I, maybe, it, maybe it wasn't performing well. I don't know. And I mean, I think the other thing is like... Um, this show is so because it's a low priority and because it's such a low key property in terms of what uh, Nick is doing right now. Um, it's not like this isn't a thing like with I don't know Arrested Development, which mm. did which made it made a ton of money selling those selling DVDs and stuff, or something like or even Firefly because you know those DVDs made a ton of money and that's why they made the movie. Uh, well, that's that's not is, quite true that's a that is actually a myth perpetrated by that documentary uh they commissioned that movie well before any sort of figures would have come in about uh the merchandise all right well but um, i just have to clear that up <laughs> you could, no yeah that's that's fine um uh, but that's funny yeah, actually, but the reason know. but the reason we got for example a comic that is um you know continues on from serenity that just was released recently till uh leaves on the wind uh, it's because the property has been doing well enough that Joss Whedon has given one of his brothers to the Firefly gods to go and, like, uh, I think it's Zach <laughs> Whedon or Jed. I think it's Zach who's who's doing the comics now because they've given up on any sort of future. But, you know, that's why there's a video game coming out. That's why a lot of other things are coming out. That's because they know there's a market for it, for sure. Yeah, and I... Um... Yeah, it's just it's such a tough conversation with this show because you can't talk about this show in terms you, you, you we can't have the same conversation that we would about a show like Community or a show like uh, mm-hmm. Hannibal because it's just such a wildly different situation for Cora. In ter- you know, it's on a cable network. It's not even airing on television technically. It's you know, it's it's just different. It's it's, it's well, animation. Well, you know, it's not airing on TV, about, but like, maybe that's something that Netflix would look at and say, well, you know, the, the fans are already used to watching it online. Maybe it would be worth us taking on. I guess, but I mean, my question is, like, at this point, I don't see... 
I mean, I don't. I just don't see the value. It's, it it's wouldn't not be like any time development where it's like we want more of this show. So, well, I think. Well, I, I think that's know. actually a, a, a something a lot of the uh, the fans would be willing to. Uh, the fans want. Oh, no, it, I would love and more the creators of the show, listen, but... And if the creators listen and decide in let's say five, ten years, I don't think they're doing this anytime soon. Say, okay, we have a new idea for a show. We really want to do it, and they go to Netflix and say, "Look, this is our idea for the show, but we don't have the rights to it. Nick has the rights. Netflix might be in a position to." You know, who knows what Netflix is going to be at that point? Might be in a position to actually approach a studio about it because the creators can't do anything. That, yeah, but yeah, possibly. I mean, again, yeah, um, there no more no more core after this. Even if they wanted to, I mean, core is when done. You've built core two, is done. Yeah, I mean, when you've built when you've built to an ending that this is going to be the ending. I don't want to see you go back and say, well, okay, here's a, a little mm-hmm. more because because, um, but yeah, yeah, in five or ten years down the line, and because this is such a a universe that suits itself oh, yeah. to that, obviously. You because, could do any you know, sort of series. Exists. You could do an old series. Uh, you know, in the past, you could do one in the far future. You could do anything. You could focus on the Avatar. Yeah, exactly. You could not focus on the Avatar. You could, you know, tell stories that haven't been told yet. You could, you could anything. Yeah, I mean, and the the reason, obviously, in an ideal world, in an ideal situation, I would love the rights to go to anyone else, anyone, <laughs> anyone else, who, who would do something with the property who would merchandise it and allow, you know, I would love to buy Korra stuff, uh, but I can't because it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. So in that sense, yeah, I would obviously, I think, I think it would be great for another studio, another whatever corporation to buy the rights, but I just don't see it happening because it is a closed book. And I don't like I don't see this in a, like a fan campaign thing. Like I said, it's not like with community where fans can be like campaigning for what what is it? Yahoo is mm-hmm. doing the yeah yeah. So they can't be like yeah yeah Yahoo. You gotta you can do this. You gotta do this because they want more of it because it's not a closed book. But I wouldn't but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that there's um it's not a closed book. It's a closed book on Korra, but it's not a closed book on the Avatar universe. And I think that's really the key is that. I'm not. I'm. I'm as somebody who's who runs a fairly large uh, Firefly fan community. I am so weary of like fan efforts to rebirth. You know, when community decided. You know, when a new contingent of fans decided to take on community as their like, I was like, ugh. You know, I couldn't even get into it because I just. You know, I mean, it's exhausting if you've <laughs> been a Firefly fan for a long time. It's just exhausting watching this happen lead to nothing over and over again. It did actually work for Community, I will admit, but... Yeah, okay, um, well, Community is the ultimate television outlier, because that show should not even oh, yeah, no, exist no. anymore by any reasonable... Only know, only Community has managed to fire its showrunner without him knowing, and then him finding out later, and then... Uh, and then hire, hire him, back. him back to do a series, and then f- cancel the show, and then to have it get picked up by Yahoo. I mean, that never happens, ever. Uh, so, I think, like... The only fan community fan. I mean, it's happened a few times in history, but like the only other time I can remember something like that happening was with Jericho. They got it up for another season or something. But yeah, I remember that. But mostly, it just doesn't happen. It certainly with Firefly, it never happened. Um, it led to comics and other things, but never you know a resurgence of the show. And I guess my thing is like with Community. I think the reason that Community has survived so long is because of the six seasons and everything. Mm. thing. And not, I'm not saying because of fan protest. I'm just saying because of the pop yeah. culture idea. Of you know the association of community, it's like it's like the secret, you know. But community fans said six seasons in a movie so many times that the universe just willed <laughs> it to happen. Well, like it just I, because they put so much emphasis on this idea for their show, it just there's no way it, it well, couldn't I don't, happen. I, I don't it know that it's that. I, don't, I think that's kind of um, 
I mean, I'm not saying that's literally what happened, but it kind of it's, feels like what that's what happened. It's the power like, of well, love. Well, there has to be a sixth season of Community. I mean, well, uh, you yeah, know, obviously. Christopher Nolan. Um, no, it's it's um, <laughs> it's, uh, no, no. I don't think I think it's much simpler than that. I think it's simply that Twitter and Facebook and things were in a thing really when Firefly was canceled. That's it. And because Twitter and all those things are a thing now, shows like you know, there's no people you know bemoan the cancellation of was it Almost Human or not Almost Human? I think is that what that could, was, is yeah, that the that, one? The, Maybe people bemoaned it. I didn't hear anyone oh, bemoaning it, but I'm sure the fans the of that fans show of that did. Show, I'm sure. but it wasn't like widespread, and it didn't have like the huge cult following and the fan pages and everything. When Firefly was canceled, like a couple thousand people were really upset, and they had a little convention, <laughs> the Flanvention, and then eventually over time that grew and grew and grew. And now there's like brown coat things all over the world, but that's post that. And also there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't all these things to get people hyped up for things. There wasn't this PR machine, there wasn't this social media machine. I think that's why. But that's why I think, you know, there's a lot of people writing about, talking about, AV Club, IGN, big websites really give a lot of voice to Avatar, Avatar fans, and Avatar, like, you know, critics. And I think that, that you know, it, it's something that people will look back on as a really interesting uh, thing, and maybe, you know, Netflix or Nick or somebody will decide, let's give it another shot, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's just so tough to predict. I can see it happening, obviously, but it's a long, long shot, like yeah. you said... Yeah, a decade yeah. maybe down the line because I I don't think the creators are really like up for doing this again immediately. Oh yeah, no, and also the way they've been treated, I would I wouldn't be up for it anytime soon. Like if I were them, I'd be like, you know what, let's go do something else for now. Because um, yeah. I, I, you know I'm sure they're gonna if they ever do this again, they're gonna wait for a serious uh, um, a regime change in Nick. Because I don't I think whoever's running that place is not. Cora aside, they don't care about animation. They just don't. And that's where Nick got its start. And I think that that's the problem with um, the station in general is they're not going to put their money behind something that's... They only support SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents or whatever because they make money. If they didn't, then they wouldn't, you know? So, um, because they just... They don't care about cartoons. You know, there was that phase. But, you know, we saw this with... Well, I don't think they care about anything that doesn't make money. They don't, but I'm just like, there's a special effort at Cartoon Network to emphasize cartoons. And there was a period where there was literally a CEO or president or someone in in charge of Cartoon Network who literally said the words, uh, well, not literally, he he literally said the words, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, he said, (laughs) you know, I don't care about cartoons, I have no interest in cartoons, we're doing live action shows. And if you remember, there was a dark period where we saw lots of terrible live action Cartoon Network shows. We've seen a huge decrease in that and we see things like uh adventure time and regular show and all these shows popping up in their stead restoring cartoon network to its old focus on animation but there were like a hundred shows on that channel of just you know johnny bravo and and all of the Hanna barbera stuff and it's just a million things now you can only find that on boomerang but they've because of that regime change you know maybe that guy left and became the president of nick i don't know but whoever's in charge of nick doesn't care about animation now and it's going to take a new set of people like running it to care about animation and maybe they'll look back and say are you kidding me we have this property and no one's you know but see that's a, I, I i i would argue with the point that they don't care about animation because i don't think it's that i genuinely just think that if cora was a money maker they would care about it they care about spongebob they care about but they don't care about it they don't care about it it, money. that it's animation they just care that it makes money i agree well, obviously, yeah, but I don't think they, because of that, they don't care about animation. I think maybe, you know, they don't care about live action either if nobody watches right. no, it. I think, but I think it really boils down to something like Cartoon Network, if they're not making money, they'll say, okay, let's scrap our animation plate and replace it with more animation and figure out how to get our animation to make money. That's the key. That's the part that Nick's not doing. They're saying, 
well, it's not making money. Let's replace it with, you know, live action makes more money. So let's do that. Or I, you know, they don't have any attachment to animation, whereas Cartoon Network might try and make animation work. And I mean, that's for them. That's specialization. Yeah. Like we were talking about Cartoon Network is a specialized animation right. network. For the most part. And yet they hired someone who said, stuff. oh, I don't want to do animation, which boggles my mind, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, that was a mistake, Clearly. obviously, because it is a specialized... But Nickelodeon isn't a specialized animation network. It's just a specialized children's mm-hmm. network. Um, and maybe that's the problem. Like we, I mentioned, the creators kind of laughed at the idea that Korra was too dark and mature for Nickelodeon. But uh, maybe not dark, but it is, well, like we've dark. talked about, a very... <laughs> No, I mean, it is dark, but I'm not sure that Nickelodeon cared about that as much as the maturity mm-hmm. and the, the 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 complexity of the story. Right. And I'm not talking, like, necessarily emotional complexity or, or thematic complexity, although those are certainly there, but just literally, like, and we've talked about this before, too, you can't watch Korra the way that you watch other Nickelodeon yeah. shows. If you're a kid and you're their target audience, remember... Their whole, their whole, you know, strategy for marketing is like we'll just put episodes of our most popular shows on all the time, and kids will be watching because kids Any, watch. Yeah. They just turn on Nickelodeon and whatever comes on, they'll watch. And you can't do that with Korra because it's serialized. You know, I'll, I'll link to and, this because I, don't, I probably talked about it last time. But uh, Giancarlo Volpe, did I talk about this with Green Lantern, the animated series? I, think I probably so. mentioned it, but okay. anyway, I'll just quickly mention it again. He has this really compelling comic he drew. Uh, yeah, I've read this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's about uh, how he had a conversation with Bruce Timm, the creator of Batman the Animated Series and Justice League and a bunch of other things. Uh, so, like, you know, but he, Bruce Timm has never, ever bent to what DC wants him to do. He just, he's like, listen, if you listen to focus groups, you're never going to get to do what you want to do. Uh, so my, like, policy is I just don't, you know, and, and it's worked out for him. Now, most people don't get that at the end, and... Um, but they get to retain their like artistic integrity or whatever. But but just what's interesting about this is not so much that, and that's what Giancarlo Giancarlo Volpe did. He who who worked on Avatar, by the way, um, the Last Airbender. He he did that with Green Lantern in the animated series. They said, well, we don't like this, this, and this. Look at what the kids are saying in these focus groups. And he's like, well, that's what I wanted them to say. And he's like, well, they're like, well, that's not going to sell merchandise. And he's like, well, that sucks. And then they canceled the show. Because um, he was <laughs> like, I'm not changing it. That's just it's, it's I'm making good drama. I'm doing art. I'm not you know, for your amusement or your, your money making things. And he left and he felt good about himself because he was like, look, I, I didn't compromise it for, you know, at Bruce Timm's behest, apparently. Um, but I think what's interesting about the reason I bring it up is simply that uh, Giancarlo Volpe is talking about, um, you know, the way focus groups run is they, you know, they'll put a bunch of girls in a room and they'll say, well, what did you get out of this episode? And then they'll put a bunch of boys in the room and say, what did you get out of this episode? And if the answer isn't, I really like blah, blah, blah. I want to buy toys, you know, because of that character. Or, you know, they have to just, they have to, you have to put up super basic archetype, archetypal characters, which is what you see in most shows, because otherwise, uh, kids' first response won't be, she's awesome, where can I get more of her? And they, you know, when, when they were watching Grey Lantern animated series, they were saying things like, well, I don't really like this character, I don't know if they're, you know, it's kind of scary, I don't know if they're good or bad, which is really complex and interesting and cool that a kid can, like, get that. But the studio hates that. They don't want that. And uh, so I just think it's, I think that's what happens with this show. I don't even know if they they uh, focus grouped like any of these later seasons, but I think they just, they're dealing with that kind of logic where they're like, none of these characters are simple, you know? But that's the weird thing because that wasn't the case. I mean, that was the case with Avatar The Last Airbender. 
those characters were like complex and hard to understand. They were, I mean, you, yeah, yeah. You look, sure. at, you look at Zuko. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember if I've told this story on this podcast, but I, I, I know I probably mentioned I've a show. I've been watching The Last Airbender with my five-year-old sister, and um, well, first, first of all, uh, she. It, when we talk about how future people will watch The Legend of Korra, she doesn't. She can't differentiate between the two. Like if she says she wants to watch Korra, that could mean The Last Airbender because <laughs> they're just the same. They're the okay. same show to her. And if you're five, that's right. understandable because they look the same. It's the same world. Um, but when we watched uh, The Blue Spirit, and there was that reveal at the end with Zuko, she was like confused because Zuko's right. a bad guy, but he did, you know. And um, we just what what episode have we been? We're we're in the middle of season mm-hmm. two now, and Zuko's kind of making mm-hmm. that turn. And it's interesting to see kind of how she can understand that because the show, while it's complex and while Zuko is complex, he is presented in a way that is understandable, and it's not without being simplistic mm-hmm. in in terms of his turn and his. And I think the most important thing is that they frame with those flashbacks to his childhood. So if you're a kid, like you get it because now it's okay now it's in the context of this is what happened when he was a kid i get that because uh, i'm a kid <laughs> um well but, they make him they make him very you know, human and, and you might come at the end and say i really like that character and i might even buy that action figure but i think the problem is nick is like we're not in it for the long game we don't care that he cuts his ponytail in season two why can't i sell this action figure of him now where he's bald and has a ponytail uh and the reason is because he was a a jerk then and nobody wants that character and, you know, if you're the creator, you're like, no, 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 but he gets, you know, he turns into an interesting char- character later who has all these dimensions to him. The still creators don't care about that because they're not looking at, like, what's going to happen in season three. They're like, why can't I sell this toy now? And I think that, you know, and, and, and so that maybe that's why Avatar, while it was popular, never reached, like, SpongeBob levels of, you know. Well, I think also that uh, The Last Airbender couched a lot of that maturity in some very... I mean, let's be honest, some, some juvenile sure. humor. And there's nothing wrong with that. I oh, think I thought it worked, worked yeah. No, it, yeah, it's funny that there's no reason that, you know, fart jokes can't <laughs> be sophisticated or in a sophisticated uh, show. Right. <laughs> um, but I think that's why Nick was kind of okay with it, because they realized, all right, well, we can sell this based on just the, the funny uh, animals and the slapstick and whatever, and not... Uh, there, my point is there's none of that on Korra. You know, the closest thing they get to that is, as we've talked about, Bolin. And you can't advertise a Bolin joke, I feel like, because Bolin jokes are entirely dependent on context. And you can't put all that context in marketing. Mm-hmm. So when if you're Nick and you're looking at this show, I think you're really thinking, like, what? how do we sell this to our audience? We could very easily sell The Last Airbender just based on those simpler elements but what are we supposed to do with this like i think they had it on their hands and they were probably expecting something that was a lot more like the last airbender and i think they were maybe even understandably surprised that the show is so much more complex well i don't know that it's more complex it's more mature but i think that the the more mature that's but i think that uh what what doesn't that still doesn't make any sense to me because Korra season one should have been a first hint to that. You know what I mean? It's like that that episode or that whole season gets really intense in a lot of places, uh, and the central premise is bloodbending for the whole season. It's not one episode; it's the whole season. So, like, why would you order 
let's say second half of the first season quote unquote and the second season if you want to look at it like that but why would you order three more books let's say that uh if you already seen the first season to know that it's that mature like it wasn't a surprise they knew what it was they had their little test and their test said mature and then they continued to order it and then we're like this is mature if that's well i think there's a couple i think first of all if you look i i'm pretty sure they had ordered uh the full they had ordered book two by the time book one was you know in production or airing so i think that yeah but nick had to have seen it like i'm saying we didn't see it until then but nick had seen it somebody at nick had seen it and said i want to make three more books of this or i want them to make them more books that's true but if i mean season one of of Korra, i don't think is any more mature than any episode of avatar the last airbender and it's also it's a lot no, but in terms of complex i, I, don't, I hesitate you know. to say i hesitate to say simpler but i mean if you think about all the episodes that are in the pro bending arena that's not that you know they might have seen four episodes yeah, and complicated to more. i don't know i mean that's possible too that's absolutely possible and then you look at um Season two, I mean, it it just boggles my mind. The beginning of season two boggles my mind because it is there are like straight up terrorist attacks depicted uh, in this Nickelodeon mm-hmm. show, and I think maybe and if you remember, that's around the point in time that we're talking about during the production of book four, that maybe that Nickelodeon was seeing the show and was like, all right, this is no longer high priority for us. And I think, I mean, if you look at those episodes where there are, like, terrorist attacks and this complex political, like, maneuvering mm-hmm. and, you know, Varric just as a character. It's funny that Varric has become so so much just kind of silly comic relief. But if you remember, he was a straight-up, like, bad mm-hmm. guy. He was a... Well, I don't know if he was a bad I mean, guy. I wouldn't even say second. You know, he was a... He... I mean, in season two, though, he was, pre- I think, pretty clearly presented as not a as as an antagonist. Especially, yeah, you got with, the impression he if, could have attached to hitch his wagon to anyone. His intention was to make money. That's true, but I mean, I'm talking about just in the sure. context All of right. the story of season two, he was a, a, an antagonist. Uh, but a, a like again, yeah, a, a complex one, and his motivations weren't motivated. Evil. By, <laughs> his motivations weren't motivated. Yeah, he wasn't evil, so it was hard to just like with Zuko, it was hard to kind of call him. Uh, a bad mm. guy but unlike with Zuko where we get to see a transformation Varric is just you know there are shades of gray immediately he is and, although we do see some transformation especially in this season yeah well yeah now we're getting to kind of a, a shift in his character um but so I, I think that it was around that time that Nickelodeon was looking at the show and was looking at the numbers. uh the numbers and and by the way, if you look at the ratings for season two, there it drops off pretty drastically. And then when Beginnings airs, there's a huge jump. And then the episode after Beginnings like holds some of that audience, and then it drops again. Wow. So I think that maybe that was their sign that was like, all right, we we can do something with this show. Like there is an audience. Let's hold on a little bit longer because they'll. It, but season three rolls around, and the episodes leak mm, because, because they're stupid. I mean, I think, but yeah, because this is no. If season two had been like a huge blowout, and the the episode, you know, no, the but again, had, had but climbed. again, I think this is a question of like, you know, it's not a question of it wasn't successful, and that's why you know the leak or why they would have put a tighter lid on it. It's simply a question of, uh, uh, they've never had to deal with leaks before. No one cares if a SpongeBob episode leaks. Are you kidding me? No one's looking. No one cares <laughs> if I Car- Art Carly leaks or you know 
Sam and Cat or whatever those shows are, they don't care. Like, no one is waiting for those things. You know, there's the kids who are like, ooh, it's, you know, Sam and Cat is on. But, like, they're not, it's not serialized. They don't care. There's no drama. No one's worried about, like, that stuff. So they've never had to deal with a show that's, like, hot button. You know, there's a reason that Star, you know, Disney is so, like, tight-lipped about Star Wars and Avengers or whatever because they know everyone is waiting for that trailer to leak or that movie to leak online or whatever. Yeah, and that, and those trailers still leak. Even exactly. With all that. And so when Cora, when the Cora folks are like, you know, or Nick is like, oh, well, we don't, uh, you know, we've never dealt with this before. And then they're just like, oh, it'll be fine. We'll just send it off to our, it's like, no, no, no. Employees leak stuff all the time. It happens constantly. It happened with Cora in the first season. The entire first episode almost leaked on Tumblr before the first episode of season one ever hit TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to talk about uh, why yeah, Nick is I mean, doing this. Be- it's all speculation. Just yeah, from yeah. the outside. Exactly, exactly. It, just from our perspective, we can't really get a, a get a good, a, a mm-hmm. clear sense of, of what's going on over there. But I think that we can make educated guesses. And what I think the, the, the best educated guess we can make is just Nickelodeon is burning it off because... They realize they're on con- they're on contract for the rest of these episodes, but they just want to get it yeah, over with. Exactly. And I think the reason that they were okay to get back to to circle back to the question that we posed an hour ago, <laughs> uh, the reason that they were uh, okay with uh, cutting the budget at such a late stage is because they don't care. And that's a really weird thing for me to say about a corporation because normally I'm like, no, of course the they take care corporation care. Of course the network cares about the show because they're, you know, putting some money into it and they have it on, but Nick doesn't have this show mm. on. And they're they're putting now less money into it. So I think it's completely fair to say that Nick they don't care about this show. I mean, I like to imagine them as more malevolent than that that they actually hate it, but yeah, sure. Let's say that <laughs> they don't care. Um before we like close this off, uh, as great as the discussion about the studio has been, I do want to just uh can we can we just quickly go over the episode? I mean, yeah, there's, there's not, not a lot, lot so to, it should be fine. Sure. <laughs> um, did anything work in the episode for you? Let's start there. Um, well, like did I you said, like reflecting on the, the amazing ver- love triangle drama. Yeah. Oh my god, I cannot believe this is this actually says a lot about, uh, and maybe this was just in reference to the fan base. And I think it was like ember island players the way but yeah the, the first thing that they choose to cover is they selectively cover all the relationship drama and like that's the thing that they have to recap and it's hysterical because heading into these final episodes of the series i really doubt that the relationship drama is going to come back in a major mm. way so it's just a it's a weird thing to, and I, I think that you know again even if they were going to make a clip show episode from the beginning i doubt that they would have included this so I kind of think they were like, all right, well, we have to fill time right. well, <laughs> somehow. You know, I would have preferred, uh, honestly, is uh, I would what I would have preferred is the Cor- the Korra and Asami section uh, to be expanded for the whole episode. Um, because you know, if you had, even if you just had, maybe you don't have Korra and Asami. Maybe you have, uh, you do have the Mako or whatever perspectives, but you have, uh, you know, you have all of them offering their take on Korra, so that it's all Korra focused. Because we want to see where Cora's been before we see where she's going, you know, in the last couple of episodes. That, to me, would have made sense. Um, but to do this weird drama-focused one, and then to do this, uh, you know, this little bit with Cora and Asami, which I thought was pretty solid, actually. Uh, and then to do this last 
you know, bit with Varric, and it's just comic relief. And it was funny, you know, whatever, but or kind of funny. I don't know, but it it seems it was just all over the place, which is weird to say about an episode where almost nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The the reason, if there was to be a reason to ever make a clip show episode, then it's it's usually a singular <clears throat> reason. It's usually like characters having flashbacks, and that's obviously what's happening here. But it's not you. This was one of you know we had the episodes in the last Airbender that were kind of like segmented mm. in this way, like Tales of Bossing Say and stuff like that. So this was a weird mixture of that in a clip show episode. So we get what select what certain characters are choosing to mm-hmm. remember about which their is kind of interesting, but and, also um, it, yeah, it could have it could have been interesting, and I think that the Korra stuff like just barely broaches the surface of interesting. <laughs> Uh, and, and only because that this is this is the stuff that and this we've is what been we care about, about her all we season. Want to exactly, yeah. This is Korra, and that's why I don't know they, why they didn't focus on that or do it as a mover. I don't understand the. I thought as I had, I had sort of speculated, you know, a couple of podcasts uh, over time. I had said, you know, maybe they just introduced the mover bits so they could do this clip show at the end. It was going to be the Ember Island players equivalent, but with movers, and they kind of did that here, but not really. Uh, and it just it just came off as very like sort of you know and and it's just sad because I know the the creators said you know we you know they were working with no budget they really put their heart into it and I I feel for the artists I really do but they're like pasting Bolin's face on on you know what I mean just like really silly <laughs> stuff or like um, no I thought that was funny that was I funny liked, I actually... it was it was funny but it was just like you know it was as someone pointed out on. Uh, uh, the last airbender subreddit uh they said this is what we do in the off season we paste things onto other you know what i mean they they basically did what we do uh because it doesn't take any like time or effort it just takes uh and i liked vatu with a phone like that was funny to me um so oh, yeah the the whole varic segment you know, i think i like I, I genuinely did like it i laughed at it i think the the pasting of boland's face I, that was that was a very to me a very kind of meta joke about the fact that they have to do this animation yeah, on the cheap. Exactly. So, and it's very, it's like, it's not a good, it's not a good oh, no. Uh, no. Photoshop. It's, it's very, it's really yeah. bad. Uh, and you know, even the, um, the phone call stuff is okay. just like it's still, still Im- images well, no, of the characters of with, <laughs> with phones, like photoshopped some into their hands. Some of them a little bit, but like Amon and... doesn't move at all. He's just standing there. <laughs> it's just a frozen picture. Yeah, and it's the 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 Amon from the the meme. meme yeah, I was gonna looking, say. Yeah, I think right? they. So that's clearly like a, a fan <laughs> nod, kind of. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the phone call is, is is very clever and very funny. I thought it was weird that um, the the closest they get to the Ember Island players is the weird treatment of uh, Unalak. Oh yeah, and they talk about how everyone hates Unalak because he's so boring. Well, he's, and that's the Unalak was... from Varric's old movers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So I think that was a callback to season two, and like you know, and they're like the the fearsome foursome. Oh, by the way, on that note, um, I think I uh, I read somewhere that uh, that was a reference. The fearsome foursome was mentioned in a, an episode of uh, the Last Airbender in the drill. Sokka uh, proposes the name of uh, uh, I guess uh, for the gang, right? Yeah. Oh no! Is it the villains? Yeah, it's yeah. he's he's talking about um, Azula and. Oh no! I, I think in that episode he's trying to come up with names for them. Isn't I thought it? it was. I mean, there's four. There's four. There's of four them. of yeah. them. Yeah, maybe it's them. I don't know, but anyway, but it, it, that's a callback. So there's you know this little nod between Sokka and, and Varric, which we've. <laughs> I love, I love Varric's suggestion like the terror the square. Terror square. No terror <laughs> squared. I think it is what. A... 
Terror yeah. squared. <laughs> Which is funny. Um, but, uh, and, you know, and that's fun. Although, but, like, we got the Sokka connection last episode when we saw him, you know, be ingenious in the middle of a high-stakes situation and he can't bend, so he does, you know, he invents something or he does this electronic, you know, EMP blast. Like, there's no need for this. It's just, you know, they did what they could. But, the, you know, honestly, I don't think they should have fired anyone, but I also think they could have just made this a 12-episode season. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what the point of this episode was. Well, I mean, I think Nick was not going to be okay with them breaking contract because they still have to. Oh, so Nick, like Nick can did. tell them that they need to fire people, but they can't. Well, I mean, tell yeah, them I, mean, I think that's do. exactly what Nick was wow. telling them. I think that's exactly what Nick was telling them. Is like, look, we're taking, we're cutting your money. You know, you still have to make thirteen episodes. Just figure it out because we're not giving you this amount of money. We can't afford to, or we don't want to afford to. And I think that you know, I don't, I don't think they care whether or not the showrunners have to fire people. But how depressing is it so, though, that the creators had to actually preemptively apologize for the episode? Extremely so depressing. <laughs> like this extreme, is where you put oh, it, two of the like the, show, the 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 two showrunners who are in charge of one of the like best animated shows to hit TV, maybe ever. I mean, I would argue probably ever. I mean, it's really just up there. And you've you've reduced them to making a Tumblr post about how the episode that everyone's about to see is just not good, and they know that, and that's just sad. Yeah, it's it wasn't even it, yeah it wasn't even like a typical like a day later they would come out and be like yeah we're sorry that everyone hated this. It was before anyone they knew it was before, yeah it was before the episode went up they were like look we know you're gonna watch this episode. I think he even says like a few minutes in you're gonna be like wait a minute is this is this a clip yeah, show episode. Yeah. Um, and yeah, preemptively just being like, all right, we're really sorry about this. Um, there was even kind of a tone of like, you don't even have to watch it if you don't want to, but we tried our best. We tried to make it something that you Um, guys wouldn't totally hate. And I appreciate it. And and by the way, I mean, yeah, totally. Um, I'm not going to show this to my sister because I just, I I just don't see the point. Um, I don't think she's going to get anything out of it. Like you said, I don't think. You don't think with laser, laser eyes, laser vision? I mean, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> we got that in season two uh, and I love that that was one oh that's of the, true we did I, yeah. I love the movers the movers stuff mm. was so funny so funny and that was one of the my biggest laughs did you like the little in that whole subplot did that not do it for you that was fine it didn't yeah. bother me um I, I didn't they weren't really, as they I weren't mean know. enough about the relationship I think because if they had really like dug into them and really voiced the fans opinion which was that well okay I don't want to speak for all fans I know a lot of fans ship and do all that weird nonsense but I think um, <laughs> a lot of fans, or a lot of, let's say, critics, were less than amused by the uh, really frustrating Love Triangle stuff. The one thing I like, that is that they took Mako to task for being a jerk uh, for a large part of the first and a little bit of the second season. Anyway, so I was just curious if you, you know, they, they used Prince. I, yeah, that I, was Prince Wu's endgame, by the way. He's not going to be relevant again. That was He just wanted to be the commentator for that uh, that clip show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I care so little about the relationship drama to begin Mm. with that I just can't even, I can't even start to, like, I get why people were angry about it and why people got all upset about what was going on, but it just, like, the only reason it ever made me angry was that they were focusing Mm. on it. It was that they were focusing on something so Mm. uninteresting. Um, the only, the only relationship thing that I care about on this show and I cannot believe, I cannot believe I'm this close to becoming one of oh, these no. people. Oh, my God, Josh. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. But, um, I mean, come on. 
the Korra the oh. Sami stuff. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's so it's almost like heavy handed. The, the little winks they they're really doing are. at this point. I mean, you know, she blushes. I mean, even in this episode, she when she sees her, you know, yeah, no, it's in this very episode. The one or two lines that they get, they're they're doing that thing. Um, so I don't expect them to get, like get together, but I would be pretty happy if that happened for for a couple reasons. Um, and I can't, yeah, again, I, like I can't believe that I, I am. This close to becoming a, a shipper. Korasami shipper. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I am as surprised as you are. That's what, you know but what? Okay, here's the, the thing. I have, I'm going to just say my piece on Korasami real quick because as great as it would be for a Nick show to, I think, I, I don't know if they've had one already. I think they had some character uh, on some Nick show or some parents or whatever were, were gay. Uh, as cool as it would be, though, in an animated show to have this, this uh, LGB. Um, sort of vibe going on for these two characters. And it's not like there's no precedent for it in the show. Uh, it also throws a f- sort of a frustrating wrench in. I mean, the, the big pr- the big complaint with this Korosami silliness in the past few seasons has been that um, Nick... Uh, it has been that, you know, people are like, well, two women are friends, so they must be girlfriends. You know, they must be going... You know what I mean? It's this this superimposition of like, well, they can't possibly just be platonic friends. You know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah. And that's, that's, and so that's, so, but no, and that's what I think the, the opposition and my part of my opposition is that like, on one hand, it would be great to see some representation in there, but if they were going to do it, it would be cool to have those characters throughout the series. And it'll only retroactively affect them if they do it in the last like scene. But, um, uh, that would be one thing, but they're not really doing that. If they just have them like kiss at the end, then it's like, well, why? You know, it's like, there was no reason for it. I mean, yeah, they would have to, the show would have to acknowledge all these little... And, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, this season, they've legitimately been building up to it. Like, not... Like, I'm not talking about, like, fans cherry-picking... Oh, yeah, no. Random yeah, details. They've legit... I mean, with the whole thing with... She, you know, she's only writing to Asami because no, nobody else would understand. Yeah, wait, even just when they see yeah, each the, other, she blushes. Yeah, she blushes, and, you know, the... Even in the end Asami of last season. Her, yeah, I mean, there's a lot... I I think that there is leg- a legitimate argument to be made that the show is building to this, but the show would have yeah it wouldn't be able to just kind of randomly throw it in. No, I think the they season. could. They would I have think they to. could just do it. It's just they wouldn't be able to do that without me being upset because I'd be like, well, you know. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying they would have to acknowledge. They would have the show would have to acknowledge all of those mm. moments and yeah, have the characters acknowledge all of those moments and then put it in the the romantic context. Mm. In order for it to work at all, it would have to contextualize everything that's happened in these past couple seasons. Really. Well, I don't think they would have to. I think that but, would put that in context. And so when we rewatched it, we'd be like, "Oh, this is when they're first starting to like realize they have feelings for each other." You know. I I mean yeah, but I the, I think the only reason that it probably isn't going to happen is that I don't think that that they're gonna spend any time on it like they well there's gonna be a there's what's funny be that is last the, scene where you know like we saw at the end of the last airbender or last even just last season where they they come out and like you know they've restored peace and balance to the world or whatever um and so in that moment that's when katara and ang kiss so maybe they'll do that she's got to kiss someone maybe, right maybe. otherwise it's not it doesn't match <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> everyone has to to get together and uh, otherwise it's not a exactly, real story totally. um but also, by the way, uh, speaking of representation, there's a little there's a little hint about Wu in this episode. I don't know if you mm-hmm. caught it, um, where Mako says something like, you know, 
that was when I realized I, I couldn't spend any time in a relationship with women and who was like, yeah, I know. See, he says something like, yeah, I know what, I know what that's mm. about or something like that. And then he quickly like covers it. I'd have to watch it again to, to figure out exactly what it was. But the first time I watched it, that's how it read to really? me. And obviously they don't have to like, they don't, that doesn't have to be a big reveal. And I don't think it matters. I don't care right, about who right, yeah. at all. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if they're dropping. I hadn't even considered like that. I just assumed it was him covering up the fact that he's, you know, hasn't had any luck in that department. I mean, obviously that could be the, you know, that I know that's the well, easy that... read of the situation, but I think that might be what it is. I mean, like I said, I don't think that they're gonna, even more so with Wu, they're not gonna go back and spend any a couple yeah, episodes, sure, sure. and yeah, and, and have a whole Wu subplot. <laughs> so I don't think it matters necessarily, but I think it's funny, you know. To take that as a little, I would. From the, you know what? I, I, I'm gonna. I sort of gonna backpedal a little bit. I would love if they just if they added one more clue on that front and then had Cora and Asami kiss at the end, just to piss Nick off. If that's what they, if that's what it is, if they're like, all right, Nick's like totally doesn't care about this anymore. Let's just do what we want and have, you know, all it takes is a couple more frames to slip into that final episode, and just <laughs> just leave it in and then just see what happens. You know, I. Well, here's the funny thing. What are they yeah, going to do? Cancel I think that. It? You're like, <laughs> I mean, that would be the that would be the reasoning. Certainly, it's like, look, yeah, well, we're done after this. You can't do mm. anything to us. It's not like we want to make any more shows for right. you, probably. But I think what would really be the slap in the face with that is that this is something that Nick. It's not something that they Nick wouldn't do. You know, it's 2014. I don't think Nick would be opposed mm. to this, if only because of the uh, press. You know, it's not. I think there it would, would give be them, out, there would be outrage. I like that because they they would be able to do it, and then it's not on TV, so you wouldn't have parents complaining because they their kids aren't watching it. Well, I mean, the so thing is, Nick would it. get none of the Nick would get none of the positive PR, and I think that would be the ultimate, the great. Oh, that's uh, funny that you say that. You no, know, the great irony uh, of Nick's treatment of the show is that in this amazing moment that could have been this incredible PR moment for Nick, uh, they. They lose all of it. They don't. They don't get any attention well, that, from it because they didn't. That'd be care great if I didn't have. Like if they didn't get any credit for it. But I could see them before that happens saying, "Yes, we'll let you do that because they think they're going to get credit because they're like, well, we won't get any of the blame because there won't be the angry, you know, evangelical moms calling us up because they're not. Their kids aren't watching this show, and we won't get. And we'll only get the positive press because only the people who want that to happen in the show anyway are watching it on TV. So we'll just get the good stuff." And then if on top of that, they don't even get that because Brian Canisco and Mike DiMartino get all the credit and Avatar gets the credit. And then when it talks about Nick, that'd be hilarious because it's like a way of them, you know, it's that like sort of wishy-washy like, oh, no, no, we support that. But we put it in something that no one's watching so we can get credit for it without yeah, I mean, getting. The, the headline would be like people saying, I, I can't. It's so awesome that Nick put this on mm. television. But my point is like if the show did that. Nick didn't put yeah, it on exactly. television. Nick, Nick buried it. And if anything, Nick would get negative oh, really? PR because there would be an assumption that Nick, you know, Doesn't from the outside, it, if you yeah. haven't been paying attention, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, well, Nick buried it because they, they knew this oh, was going to yeah, happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, like maybe, yeah. I think a lot of, I think that would be yeah. an outrage, even though I don't think that that's mm. true. I think a lot of people from the outside would make that yeah, assumption. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, so, uh, you know, a show about a strong female woman of color from the, uh, you know, who's who's on that spectrum is uh is your protagonist so now you've got to like kill the show i see how it is yeah i can see that yeah um well anyway uh this was this was a crazy weird conversation but you know there's having not talked about remembrances, almost at all yeah i think it's time yeah, to exactly. close um 
It wasn't much to talk about. You know, it's all just reflections and things like that. Um, but uh, next week, Beyond the Wilds, uh, which sounds like a cool name for an episode. And uh, there's speculation that the last four episodes of the series are going to be, uh, like, either released at once or they're all going to be part of one, like, big finale. Uh, oh, like so Like Sozin's Comic. Yeah, I can see um, And, uh, you know, I'm sure the last episode will be called Avatar Korra just because that's just how these yeah. series tend to end. And that's cool with me. Um but if that's the case, next episode's going to be cliffhanger and then boom, you know, for four episodes. So um, I hope that's the case. I hope that's the case. That would make more that, that, that would make more sense in terms of the placement of remembrances because it, it would make more sense to put the Ember Island players type episode right before the mm. finale instead of like around episode eight of a 13 episode season. But if the finale, quote unquote, is just going to be the last right. four episodes, that placement right. it's more, more like, you know, Ember Island players. Uh, which was right before yeah. the finale. Although that would mean we have one more episode before the finale, so it's a little odd. Not not perfect. Well, I but, think what yeah. might be the case is that next episode isn't going to be part of the finale, which might be like part one, two, three, four, but it might be mm-hmm. leading right into it. It might pick up right after, so they didn't want to break the momentum. And so that's why they did that now. Yeah, I mean, if you look at... Yeah, this was definitely a... Remembrances was all the characters kind Doing of... Doing their own thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, in, well, in transit... In a lot of ways, it was, uh, which makes me actually hopeful. It makes me really hopeful for next week because convergences if for that's some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, if for some reason they thought we can't put this episode, you know, after next this story of next week because the characters aren't going to be in any place to be like reminiscing, reminiscing yeah. and, and stopping. You know, they're all in a place. You know, Varric and Bolin are on the boat, and um, Korra and Asami are on the island, and we, you know, all the wherever they are, they're all kind of taking right. a breather for the moment. But so my hope is something happens next week, and none of them are all of them are in the action just right. for good. So there, so there is no more. There's no place for an episode like this. Yeah, after. and I think that is so, what they're doing. I think that's fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, yeah, again next week, uh, Beyond the Wilds.